Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And it sure has been a wild week or two. Especially here in the Mojave. Just a few days after... Massive flash floods washed out a number of roads within Mojave National Preserve. The completely washed out Baker Kelso Road in particular. Well, Death Valley got it hard. Or, I should say, the human-built infrastructure, especially the paved roads, got it hard. Death Valley can handle rain. It used to be Lake Manly. Till just about 10,000 years ago, when it mostly dried up. Or, according to science and math professionals, just about 10,000 years, or 10 of, what just happened in Death Valley four times. So maybe we'll be seeing Lake Manly again pretty soon. This was a statement put out by Death Valley National Park Headquarters on August 7. Death Valley, California. Rain this weekend was a historic event with nearly a year's worth of rain falling in three hours. The 1.46 inches of rain recorded at Furnace Creek is still preliminary data and mere drops away from the all-time record of 1.47 inches. The rain caused widespread damage and closure of all park roads. The heavy rain that caused the devastating flooding at Death Valley was an extremely rare 1,000-year event, says Daniel Burke, meteorologist with the National Weather Service, Las Vegas. Quote, a 1,000-year event doesn't mean it happens once per 1,000 years. Rather, that there is a 0.1% chance of it occurring in any given year. End quote. Major impacts include the loss of a critical portion of the Cow Creek water system that serves some park residences, as well as serving park facilities, including the emergency operations building and maintenance yard. Over 600 feet of the water main was blown out by flash floods, causing catastrophic damage to this system. Additionally, many miles of roadway are known to have moderate to severe asphalt damage with hundreds of miles of roadways impacted by debris. Road conditions are still being assessed. 
as damage makes access to some areas impossible by vehicle. Yesterday's aerial surveys by Naval Weapons Station China Lake helicopter crew were able to do a thorough search and located several vehicles in remote areas of the park. Rangers were able to contact these visitors and ensure that everything was okay. The California Department of Transportation expects to reopen portions of Highway 190 by Tuesday, allowing for travel between Pahrump, Nevada and the park's residential and administrative area at Cow Creek. This will include access to the park's visitor center at Furnace Creek as well as the private hotels at Furnace Creek. Park roads are expected to remain closed for days to months depending on the severity of the damage. To date, there are no reported injuries from visitors or park residents and people who were previously sheltering in place have been able to carefully travel out through the damaged roadways. No park roads are currently open to recreational travel due to ongoing safety concerns and active road work. Park Superintendent Mike Reynolds said Death Valley is an incredible place of extremes. It is the hottest place in the world and the driest place in North America. This week's thousand-year flood is another example of this extreme environment, with climate change models predicting more frequent and more intense storms. This is a place where you can see climate change in action. It's really just been the wildest kind of weather. It even reached Joshua Tree National Park a few days back when a flash flood washed out the southern entrance road on the hot side of the park. I think it sprinkled in Yucca Valley where people said it felt like Alabama with all that humidity. People said they're sick and tired of it, and they want something done. So I thought I'd send a telegram to the superintendent over at Furnace Creek. By the ancient law of national parks, a superintendent must stay at headquarters regardless of what happens. It's like the law of the sea. So I sent this radio relay telegram using the old park information relay network of alleged park information recordings, visitor information, on 16.10 a.m. I've still got the key to the transmitter box down by Cottonwood. They got that south entrance open again after the flood there, so really no trouble driving to the transmitter. So what you do is you just swap out the memory card for your own. And now you're piggybacking on the 1610 AM signal with 25 WPM Morse. Now let that run long enough to relay through the terrestrial network. And within a minute or two, the coded message is arriving at Furnace Creek. That triggers the teletype in the radio room. And soon the message is in the superintendent's hands. Superintendent Reynolds, stop. Sympathetic regards, stop.
Have you seen that Star Wars movie? Stop. They use Huttercraft for Death Valley travel. Stop. That's a useful system in these uncertain times. Why, you can even send a crude image using the FAX-120-LPM-288-IOC protocol. That's how we sent weather maps to ships at sea, and still do on the weather bands. The shortwave data weather bands. So you can really get out there. Urgent message for Mr. Churchill, etc. So with hundreds of people affected by the Death Valley floods, everybody has been accounted for. No injuries, which is pretty incredible. Good work, everybody. And soon I think we'll have these hovercraft... An easy hour's journey from the parking lot at Baker behind the Mad Greek. Well, you can even sit out on the deck under the sail, and our robot will serve you drinks. Stops at Shoshone, Death Valley Junction, Stovepipe Wells, Panaman Springs, Scotty's Castle, Tacoba Hot Springs, and all the way to Ash Meadows Sky Ranch, open all night. But if anything goes wrong, you can be assured Mr. Corleone will be right there to smooth over the trouble. Speaking of Scotty's Castle, it was not so long ago when that landmark got the heavy flooding, October 18, 2015, when Scotty's Castle got a year's worth of rainfall in one wild night. The castle stands, etc. But everything from the parking lots to the visitor center was badly damaged. And then, during the years of repair, the visitor center burned down. Last year, I think. And Scotty's Castle has remained closed for all but a few uh, reservation-only flood damage tours, I guess. Which have also stopped for now because of this week's flash floods and road damage. What do you call it when somebody sends a few words or emojis to your phone? Well, you might say I received a text. Which is what you would say if a century ago or many centuries ago you were compelled to write down the words delivered unto you by a mysterious intelligence, an entity, a distant voice. To receive a text was to open your mind to the divine and write down what it said. Or remember it, at least, as Muhammad did within that little cave he frequented in the wild desert just beyond the edge of town. Muhammad received a text, peace be upon him. Words do evolve over time, phrases abandon old meaning 
things were new, but the power of the words remains. Working in the background, oblique but not inert. One thing the old Hollywood movie stars had was glamour. Old Scott's uh, version of grammar. A grammar book was your spell book. That's what a grimoire is. French for grammar book. A book of spells. Glamour is the supernatural power to entrance. Put into a trance. Or enchant. Chant a magic spell. Fairy glamour is when, say, for instance, a childless couple joyfully discovers an abandoned newborn, but it is later revealed to only be an old wooden log, revealed in the light of morning. Glamour hides the hag, the crone, The shriveled old man left in the crib as a changeling. We go to the dermatologist for that treatment these days. Not quite as effective and a lot more expensive. When you or your entire society suffer disenchantment, you've been robbed of all the magic and joy of life. Our consumer existence does that very well and knows how to dangle promises of new enchantment through a TV streaming service, maybe, or the return of the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. A new superhero movie, a new video game, a new app that takes a live picture underneath the toilet, a new virtual pet that dies when you don't upgrade your subscription. What did those Hollywood stars have that mere mortals lack? It's charisma, literally the grace of the gods. A supernatural power that cannot be explained away. People go crazy when charisma cannot be done away with by the mythbuster, hyperliteral, flat Stanley world most of us exist within. How dare someone I disagree with have charisma? That's pretty much the political discourse in the 2020s. We are appalled and dismayed when what seems abhorrent to some is bathed in the guiding light of charisma. When somebody leads a charmed life despite their personal failures and many faults. When they are graced by the gods, no two ways about it. When we have a string of bad luck, we call it being hexed or jinxed by a jinn, the spirits of the Islamic world, spellbound, ensorcelled, enthralled, to be made a thrall, the Viking word for slave.
We might check our horoscope on that same phone we used to receive a text from the Greek. Hora time plus Scopos observer. We might be spooked because we perceived a specter, ancient Latin for an apparition, a spirit that becomes visible for a moment in our range of visible light. Which is why Newton called this range of visible light a spectrum. John A. Keel noted that modern specters, the frequent harrowing UFO visions of the 1960s and 1970s, often began as purple light. faded or vanished after becoming a pulsing red in color, which is exactly the journey from infrared to ultraviolet. And in this age of science and technology, where have the supernatural races gone? science and technology, of course, at least into the terminology. The spirits are still right where you left them. the astronomers now. Red dwarfs, brown dwarfs, ice giants, centaurs. While the atmospheric scientists are in the company of pixie lightning, red sprites, blue sprites, green ghosts, trolls and elves. We mostly look at a pixelated world now, an unconvincing two-dimensional simulation created by overworked computer laborers who reduce the universe to pixels. Tiny animated entities of light. From pixies or piskies in the Cornish dialect, the diminutive residents of the fairy world overlapping with our own. To be led astray, to lose your way, that's called being pixie-led. They might lead you off a cliff or just into the deep woods where you'll wander aimlessly for hours or whole days until realizing you were never far from familiar ground. If you survive and are not taken away. so-called flying saucers. The Air Force interest in this problem has been due to our feeling of an obligation to identify and analyze to the best of our ability anything in the air that may have the possibility of threat or menace to the United States. In pursuit of this obligation since 1947, we have received and analyzed between one and 2,000 reports 
that have come to us from all kinds of sources. Of this great mass of reports, we have been able adequately to explain the great bulk of them, explain them to our own satisfaction. We've been able to explain them as uh, hoaxes, as erroneously identified friendly aircraft, as meteorological or electronic phenomena, or as light aberrations. However, there have been a certain percentage of this volume of reports that have been made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. It is this group of observations that we now are attempting to resolve. Our basic difficulty in dealing with these is that there is no measurement of them that makes it possible for us to put them in any pattern that would be profitable for a deliberate, uh, custom sort of analysis to take the next step. We have, as of date, come to only one firm conclusion with respect to this remaining percentage. And that is that it does not contain any pattern of purpose or of consistency that we can relate with any, to any conceivable threat to the United States. We can say that the recent sightings are in no way connected with any secret development by any department of the United States. Major Keyhole, as author of the book, Flying Saucers Are Real, what is your opinion of these new sightings of unidentified objects? With all due respect to the Air Force, I believe that some of them will prove to be of interplanetary origin. During a three-year investigation, I found that many pilots have described objects of substance and high speed. One case, pilots reported their plane was buffeted by an object which passed them at 500 miles an hour. Obviously, this was a solid object, and I believe it was from outer space. driving home from Montreal, saw a strange light in the sky, which changed directions, came in, started following us, in an area known as Indian Hair, that came out over the highway, stopped in Nidea, and Bonnie got out with the binoculars in an attempt to identify this craft. You know, the old-fashioned straw hats that men used to wear, the flat crown and the brim, that's what it was shaped like. And then, along one side, it had a big, big picture window. And it was had uh, dividers in it. And as he's looking up at it, and he could see people standing in the windows looking down at him, and the craft began to descend, and he had the feeling they were trying to kidnap him. He ran back to the car, we were speeding down the highway to avoid capture, and then right up they were standing in the middle of the road, blocking our way. This is what we saw when the car motor stalled out. And they're separating and coming up towards us. This is our first view. You can see they're very human appearing. Only here, 
you know, the eyes are wider space than ours. See? Because I'm going to laugh out, you know, one of the men who blames probably has met these people in outer space, has talked to them, and has been given secrets of things such as a time machine from men from outer space. He's the most unlikely person to claim to have seen flying saucers and been in touch with people from outer space. Charles are very ordinary. He doesn't make any money out of his flying saucer beliefs. But boy, he really believes them. Before I start talking to George, I want to tell you too that I do have a couple of doubts in my mind. We all see these newspaper reports uh, from Socorro, New Mexico. The mysterious craft landed and took off and left blast marks in the sand. Airline pilots from time to time talk delicately about strange aircraft circling their normal aircraft in flight, perhaps even cutting off the power of their engines. This is Desert Oracle Radio, from Amboy to Zizek's and across the Great Mojave Wilderness and beyond. A lot of people have asked about an audiobook version of Desert Oracle Volume 1, and I finally got an answer. On August 30, not long from tonight, Macmillan Audio will release the Desert Oracle audiobook narrated by... Let's see, what is this idiot's name here? Ken Lane, narrated by Ken Lane. Yes, I remember it all now. Somewhat. They locked me in this bunker in North Hollywood for a week, and it's a good production, I guess, I'm pretty sure. They are polishing and whatever they do back in New York right now. And you can pre-order the audiobook today from Audible, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audiobooks.com, Apple Books, Google Play, Uber Books. Our Picador paperback edition of Desert Oracle Volume 1 is in bookstores everywhere, including Space Cowboy and Joshua Tree. Thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the soundscapes tonight, and to our hometown station, KCDZ 107.7 FM, for broadcasting this program 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Friday nights. But Red, Blue, Black, Silver has a new release out. Uh, You can look him up on Bandcamp or Twitter, or we link to him in every radio episode post at DesertOracle.com. The flash floods continue. The flash flood conditions continue. So pay attention when your phone goes crazy with the danger alert from the weather service. And pay attention if you see a cow or a pickup truck floating across the road you're trying to cross. It's good to get some rain out here in this dried up old desert that's probably going into a prolonged drought for the next 900 or 1200 years, but you don't want to wind up being one of those desiccated corpses they find at the bottom of Lake Mead. 
Good night from the voice of the desert.